0: This is the Saddled Stallion Podcast, where men are equipped and encouraged to understand their wiring, clarify their mission, and find purpose along the path to its fulfillment. I'm your host, Chad Kanyer, and I'm stoked to have you here. Let's roll. This podcast is about trust, responsibility, and guilt. It's one way to start a podcast right there. I was driving around today actually with my wife and all the kids in the back and I was thinking about nothing until I saw a car, driver door wide open and a back door. It's like a left side of the car. That door wide open as well. It's like a little red car parked at a corner house. We drive by that house every day and we were joking about how trusting that is. I'm like, if that's not an invitation to come steal your car, I don't know what is. Right? <laughs> and We were laughing about that. And then kind of put it away in my mind obviously cuz we just moved on and then I'm driving to the podcast studio today and I'm wondering what I'm going to be podcasting about. I have about 25 messages that I've jotted down in my Apple Notes app and in my journal. I probably even have more than that. Things that, you know, I could go back to and look at and you know, try to like drum up a passion to speak on those things. It's not always natural to want to go into things that even in back when I was thinking about them originally and jotting them down, like there's a reason I jotted them down. I was fired up about them, but it's hard to kind of recapture that passion sometimes. And so it's a little bit of a drag. You're like, what am I going to talk about this time? And you start going through things in your head. But anyway, I'm on the way to the podcast studio and I'm thinking through that about what I'm going to talk about today. And I see another car with a driver door wide open. And like, no human in sight, no human in the area. And I'm like, that is just the weirdest thing. I've seen that twice now over the course of three hours driving around town. Maybe there's something here. Maybe there's a message here. Maybe there's something that I should be speaking on here. Started thinking about what open doors represent, especially this time of year, right? There's so much power in an open door, around the holidays, right? Because people can be very lonely around the holidays. People are very reflective over the holidays. What has the last year represented? What have I accomplished? What have I failed to accomplish? Where have I grown? Where do I still need to grow? Like maybe a great time to look back on your goals at the beginning of the year. And I do set goals at the beginning of the year. I think you should too. Just to see how much you naturally grow, if you're intentional about it, throughout the year. But people are in that reflective state near the end of the year. This is when a lot of people are watching holiday movies on the TV, both the classics and the new ones. We actually admittedly still watch like Hallmark holiday movies. It gets us... Really, in the holiday spirit, they are pure movies. They're not pushing some agenda. It's really just about like family and love. And they're just positive, uplifting movies. But whatever your traditions are, it doesn't really matter. At the end of the year, people are more reflective about the year. And that means that they can get pretty depressed. And that means that their yearning for family and their yearning for involvement can be even stronger than in the other months. And so that was kind of a theme that I thought about as I was asking myself, what is an open door? What does that represent? And I started thinking of the different themes of open doors, the different styles really of open doors in our culture today, right? And I'm thinking of that car open door, what it represents and the home, right? I'm opening my front door to someone, what that represents at work in the job area, right? What does an open door represent in that area? the positive things, really the favorable situations that can come from opening your door to someone. If someone opens their car door for me, what does it really mean? It means, hey, I'll give you a ride somewhere. I'm here for you. Come be my passenger. Come go where I go, right? Come be with me. Join this journey that I'm on. When someone invites me into their home, it's even more intimate. It is Rest where I rest. Like, my home is your home. Like, come here, be my guest. Let me spoil you. Let me give you rest. Come take refuge where I take refuge. It's a very intimate connection when someone lets you into their home. And there's a difference between being let into someone's home physically and being let into someone's home physically and emotionally once you're there. There's a warmth that certain homes have. There is a culture there is a vibe of every home I've ever entered. And if you're intentional about identifying that culture, boy, when that culture is a nurturing one, when you feel hugged, when you feel loved, when there's a warmth, emotional warmth to that home, nothing feeds the soul better. I mean, there are times where I've spent holidays at other families' homes because I was far from home or something and they charitably invited me in to the home. And it really meant a lot because they're filling a big void. Again, very reflective around holidays, not just at the end of the year. I'm particularly thinking of an Easter trip. I said, okay, I have to tell this one story. So one of my closest college buddies, we got really close my freshman and sophomore year and Easter was coming up. And I remember telling my mom, mom, I really don't want to fly home for Easter. It's a very long trip. I really would just rather hang out in Pittsburgh save you money on my flights. Like, I don't want to be home for 48 hours. I'd rather just stay in Pittsburgh and like, you know, be fresh when I go to class on Tuesday or whatever it was. And she's like, okay. And so his mom, Phil's mom, invited me to come spend Easter with their family. And I was like, "Ah, I don't really want to crash your thing. And Phil's like, just come to Easter, dude. And he lived like two hours from campus, whereas I lived all the way across the country. So it just made more sense. And so we go there and I remember how warm it felt joining them right her mom like made me an easter basket right and we're in college so you're kind of like oh my god i'm so over that but it was like a slice of home because my mom always made easter baskets for us with like little like trinkety gifts and chocolates and stuff like that it just made you feel part of their family it was really really sweet and i remember just being very grateful for it but what was funny about that trip is i had just gotten there i was upstairs And the way that their house worked is you open the front door and you like a stairwell is right in front of you that takes you upstairs. And I had not yet met his dad. His dad was at work or something. This must have been the Friday before Easter. And we're just hanging out around the house. I think I went up there to like check my bag or use the bathroom or whatever. And at one point, like I'm about to come down the stairs and the front door was open and Phil's dad had just gotten home. And I had I don't think I had ever met him. Yeah, no, I don't. I had not met him. And I start coming down the stairs and I it was carpet stairs and I slipped on the top of the it must have been hardwood. I slipped on the top stair and I grab the railing, like the whatever it's called, it's like an interior hallway railing, and I grab it to stabilize myself. But this is back when I weighed 225 pounds. I was playing college football, I was chunky. And I ripped the entire handrail out of the wall. By the way, he definitely did not have those things plugged into studs. They were just plugged into the wall. So I rip out like the sheetrock that is holding the handrail. And I slide, like bump slide, all the way down to the bottom of the stairwell. I have the banister thing in my arms. And I'm on my ass in front of pretty much his whole family at this point. And I put out my hand and I'm like, great to meet you, Mr. Panalone. And Phil died laughing. He was like on his ass laughing his tail off. That is my Easter story visiting Phil. But Phil, if you're ever listening, I am A, I'm really sorry for ruining your stairwell. And B, that was so cool of you to invite me to your Easter. That really meant a lot to me. Looking back now, I know how lonely I was in that season of my life. And that probably meant more to me than I even realized at the time, just being around a family, being with family. And so they let me into their home. And honestly, I probably did a little bit of damage. Hopefully I kind of made up with it with my charm and just thorough apologetics for the rest of the trip. But ultimately uh, just really felt bad. And hopefully they were just like, God, this guy is such a shit show, but we're just going to love on him. Hey guys, you might already know this, but I am not in the business of providing a random message to a random audience. I am in the business of providing meaningful, impactful messages to those seeking more purpose in life. I need your help to do this. I'm inviting you right now to engage in a dialogue with me and to send me ideas, send me thoughts, send me questions, send me issues that you're struggling with that I can speak about on this podcast. Go to my website, chadcanyer.com. It's my name, .com. Go to the contact page, fill out a form. I will get an email and I pledge to get back to you within a week and engage in a dialogue around that topic. I cannot guarantee that I will speak on that on the air because I might be the dumbest guy in the world on that subject, but God knows I will do my very best to engage with you and to provide value, not just to you, but to every single listener because that is why I'm doing this. Help me make this more purposeful. But when we invite people into our homes, there's a, there's a big intimacy there like I talked about. And then at work, right? If you invite someone in, if you're opening a door for them, maybe you're the hiring manager or maybe you're the person who's just first to welcome them onto your team and kind of onboard them or whatever you are really saying to them, hey, build this with me and welcome to our team, right? And so there's this intimacy that's there. So open doors represent intimacy. Open doors require trust. And here's the thing about someone opening a door to you when they really don't know you. When they really don't know you, they're opening their door to you and they are trusting you. They are saying, hey, you're leaving me vulnerable here. I am letting you into my home and I don't have any data yet to suggest that you are trustworthy or not trustworthy. And so your actions in my car, in the home, at work, on our team, they will lead me to believe that I either made a good decision by allowing you in by opening this door or I made a poor decision and I have to find a way to close the door After I get you out, this is a very, very important topic that a lot of people need to listen to and be set straight on a little bit here. Because we are living in a time where it's very easy to offend and it's very easy for everyone to explain their behavior because it's all about how they feel and who they are. And you could be challenging someone's quote unquote individuality and freedom. Just by holding them accountable for what they do when you open your door to them Think about the bad things that can happen if you open your car door to someone that you don't know They could steer you wrongly, right? They could grab the wheel and take you off the road, right? They could crash you into a ditch or another car Right, they could kick you out of the car. They could hijack the car. They could steal the car Think about someone who is invited into your home. Yes, they can enjoy being on your couch and watching football and having eggnog around the holidays. It's super corny. I don't know if, who drinks eggnog anymore? Do people do that? I love eggnog, but I just don't think it's very standard anymore. If someone tried to hand me an eggnog at a party, I'd kind of be weirded out, honestly. But anyway, it can be a positive thing, but it can be super negative thing too. They could rob you. They could turn your family against you. They could like plant lies. They could manipulate the situation. They could even invite people over who you did not open the door to. You know, and they'd be like, well, I thought we were all good. Like you invited me. Why can't I invite my friends? Some people don't understand those norms. But obviously I'm not just speaking about physical like one day interactions and decisions here. I'm talking about, these are metaphorical door openings, right? And then at the job, right? Are they going to, take advantage of the situation? Are they going to use you if you onboard them, if you teach them the insider information of how to be successful on your team or your project or your company? Are they going to leverage that? Are they going to talk bad behind your back when really you just, you were a friend and you invited them in and tried to help them? Are they going to milk the benefits of the company? Are they going to be lazy and just work their minimum to hang on to their job? Are they going to influence the culture in a negative way? Are they going to try to convince people to do the bare minimum alongside them? Are they going to try to convince the whole group that they really should be challenging the standards that have been in place for years, the standards that are working? By the way, some standards need to be changed, but I'm talking about negative influences to the team dynamic. Are they going to be lazy? Are they going to distract the team from the mission? I mean, there's so many negative things that can come from open doors. Yet we are deciding to trust people. What does that mean when we trust someone? When we open doors for people, we are deciding to trust them. And there is a responsibility that they need to take for the trust that we are giving them. What we are inviting them into, it must be respected. What happens when damage is done in those environments Let's just focus on the home because everyone can relate with that. What happens when you damage my home? You're no longer invited into my home. It's just very plain and simple. You damage my home, you're kicked out of my home. And it will take time for you to rebuild my trust in you so that you can be allowed back into my home. Because my home is important to me. I don't just have possessions in my home that I'm hoarding under my roof. It's not just like that. I don't just have heat and electricity and water that I pay for with my hard-earned money, things that I was willing to give to you without you earning it or anything like that. I have relationships in my home. I have daughters and sons and wives, hopefully one wife, in my home. I'm speaking more personally now, right? Those things are incredibly important to me, more important to me than any material possession. You can break my, I don't know, you can break one of my glasses and you'll probably still be invited back. But you break my heart, you break my daughter's heart, you say something hurtful about my son, you cut down my wife, that's a way more serious offense. And you're going to see a wood door slammed in your face pretty quick. What's happening right now, I know this because I have spoken with so many couples, men, women, like we have spoken, me and my wife have spoken with so many couples who can relate to our situation with my family of origin that are in completely almost identical situations that we are in. What they did is they obviously assumed that their doors could be open when they first got together. To the influences of family, and not this isn't just focusing on family of origin, like the families we came from when we get together in relationships. That's one manifestation of it, but this is with you and your personal relationships. This is you in those different situations. It's your home, your car, your work. I mean, it's everything. It's it's just it's a rule that can be applied anywhere, right? We've allowed people in, and we are not holding them accountable to the damage that they are doing in those environments. And there is this weakness that they, the culprits, bank on in order to continue doing damage but still be invited back. There is a difference between closing a door and closing your heart towards whatever's on the other side of that. There is a difference between that. Now, they will not allow you to believe that. They will argue until they are blue in the face that by closing the door, doesn't matter what they did, by closing the door on them, you are closing your heart to the relationship, you are closing off your respect of them, you are closing off any sort of appreciation or reverence that you have for them, that you are absolutely setting a boundary that is more of a barrier in that relationship. They will claim, doesn't matter what they did, that you ultimately shut them out of your house, your home, your car, whatever you want to call it, that you shut them out. But here's what really happened. You trusted them. They broke that trust when they misstepped. You might have even warned them. You might have even set some ground rules. Very smart to set ground rules, by the way. Relationally, very important to set boundaries and ground rules fairly up front because it's hard to put Pandora back in the box. They broke the trust that you had given them when you let your door open to them. And it is now their responsibility to fix their relationship, and to restore trust. And the reality is, your relationship might be so important to them that they can't fathom losing it. But you know what they can't fathom losing more? Their behavior patterns. They can't fathom facing up to the mistakes that they make in this relationship and potentially even other relationships. They cannot look in the mirror and ask themselves, why do doors close to me? Maybe it's not the person on the other side of the door. Maybe it's my fault. Maybe I should start respecting the environments that people are inviting me into. They will use any excuse they can in the world to avoid looking in the mirror and making things right with you so that you can blast open the doors like I know you want to. Trust me. I am eager, I mean, talk to my wife, I am over eager at times to welcome in forces that are ultimately not good for anyone because I love the person on the other side. But here are three things we have to do as owners of cars, homes, and jobs, etc. cetera. Really owners of relationships. You know what I'm talking about. We have to set expectations up front. Number one, set expectations up front. What does that force you to do? That forces you to establish your expectations up front. What expectations do you have of the relationship? What do you expect to receive from the other person? What do you expect not to receive from the other person? And you know what? You need to be fair about those expectations. It cannot only be about you, okay? You have to consider you have histories with these folks, etc. But at the end of the day, the rigidity of those boundaries that you're going to set with them comes down to how important whatever you're protecting is to you. I don't really care What people have to say about the boundaries I have around my children because it's really not their place. I really don't care. Growing up, we used to always try to argue with my parents. Oh, Michaela Sudage. Oh my God, Michaela Sudage. That's a throwback name. Michaela Sudage's parents let us do this. Nico Simone's parents let us do this when we're over there. You know, any of our friends. And by the way, those are great parents. I'm not calling anybody out, but I had a lot of fun at Nico's house. You used to have a lot of fun at Nico's house. Um, I loved Dino, but we'd come home and we'd try to use those things as leverage in our in our relationships with our parents, like what we're trying to get what we want or whatever. Like, hey, they let us do over that. And my parents used to say it and I'm saying it now. Like I say it to my kids now. I don't care what other parents do. I am my own parent. I love you more than they love you. You're my kid. I created you. I brought you into this world. I'm responsible for you. I feed you. Like the list goes on and on and on. I don't care what people think about how much I protect my marriage. I don't care because it's my marriage. And I believe that my life would be 50 times worse if I didn't have her. And if we didn't have a relationship founded on boundaries, supported by those boundaries, and I, if you don't like it, I'm sorry, but that's not as high on my priority list as me and my wife. And so I don't need your opinion. Set expectations up front so that when there's a misstep, there's no debating. We set a very clear rule and you broke the rule. The door is now closing or maybe the door is cracked right? And you have to regain trust. And listen, when I'm coming over to your house, when I start dabbling in your marriage, when I start talking to your wife, when I start talking to your kids and hanging out in your world, your rules apply. It's okay to own things, guys. It's okay to have boundaries. It's okay to protect the things we love. So set those expectations up front and that forces mature reflection and the establishment of fair yet sustainable boundaries, as a couple, or just personally, if we're talking about your own personal boundaries, up front, think about what's fair. Get advice on what's fair from other people who are not involved in the situation that are objective, right? Number two is challenge your heart. There is a difference between a closed door and a closed heart. I mentioned that. You have to make sure that when you close that door, you do not close your heart. There is a difference between resenting someone for what they did and respectfully closing the door so that their infection cannot spread into your home. There is a difference. And sometimes, in fact, the most loving thing you can do is to close the door gently and say, please knock when you're ready. And trust me right now, you're not ready. If you're yelling and screaming and you're doing the same things that got you kicked out to get back in, there's something going on with you. You need to go figure that out. Knock when you're ready, and trust me, when I feel like you're ready, this door will be so open to you, and I'll be on the other side with my arms spread wide to hug you. I miss you, but you can't infect what I have just because you're not willing to look in the mirror. Number three is to stand your ground. Again, this is an extension of closing the door but not closing your heart. It's actually a lot easier to stand your ground on your boundaries when you have forgiven the people who have hurt you. When you have opened your door to someone and they have taken advantage of that situation and misused that allowance and you kick them out, it is way easier to stand your ground in a healthy way with their development and their freedom in mind when you forgive them. When you say, listen, I'm not... Bitter about what you did But I don't trust you like I trusted you before And trust what trust is is it's consistency over time Especially when you're rebuilding it Trust is consistency over time and i'm not quoting a christian book there. I'm quoting the founder of spotify (laughs) seriously (laughs) And I'm talking about us trusting when we click, the song's going to play in point zero 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 two seconds with crystal clear quality. That was what he was talking about. But trust is consistency over time. Now, if you are resenting the person, any tiny slip up that they have, any tiny semblance of that same behavior that you saw that got them kicked out, right? When you see the slightest pinch of that, you're going to get triggered. You're going to get frustrated. You're going to call them out. You're going to be like, that's exactly what I'm talking about. And you're going to almost celebrate seeing it again because you haven't healed. You haven't forgiven them. We've got to remember we are all messed up. Guys, we've all been kicked out of homes. We've all been on the other side of that door. But when you forgive them, when you say, man, I just can't wait for them to get healthy enough, you have this hunger for them to knock on the door and be in the right spirit. When they take a step back, your heart breaks. When they say something that is very similar to what they said that got them kicked out of the door, you're like, oh, you're sad for them. You pity them. You see their inability to grow beyond that. And honestly, you see how blinded they are from the simplicity of the solution. Just say you're sorry. And reflect and try to change so that this door can be open forever. Just have a humility about you. I want you to be my passenger in my car. I want you to go where I go. I want to do this thing called life with you. I want you to come into my home and see my kids playing around the fire and be a part of Christmas morning joy and be a part of celebrating a new year. I crave that. I yearn for that. Trust me. Believe me. But I can't do that if I don't trust you. I let you in. The doors were wide open. Hell, in certain circumstances, I should have absolutely set clearer boundaries up front and clearer expectations up front. I was busy. I didn't even do the work. I so trusted you based on our background. I just assumed nothing bad could happen. Things change. Situations put adverse pressure on us that we can't project. People get kicked out. People get hurt by getting kicked out. But the solution is so simple. Humility. Looking in the mirror and then knocking gently when you're really ready. When you know you're really, really ready. I want to free a lot of people from the guilt of closing doors. But I also want to challenge people who have closed doors to not close your heart. People can change. I have seen it firsthand. I have seen people change. I have seen situations. I have seen work situations. I have seen money situations. I've seen health situations in their extended family members bring change in their hearts. I have seen things that are so ridiculous, that have challenged my notion of people don't really change vastly in the last two to three years, that it gives me so much hope, so much more hope in restored relationships. Doors can open. But how about this? Don't just focus on what the growth that is needed on the other side of the door What if the only thing preventing them from knocking with gentleness is a change that needs to happen in your heart so that when that door opens, you're both healthy enough to embrace. You're both healthy enough to leave it right there, to not always be looking back, to not always be relishing those times when the doors were closed and things were a little bit more simple. We all have work to do. So we need to set expectations. We need to honor those expectations. We need to close doors when it's necessary. We need to challenge our hearts to make sure that whatever we've shut out of our lives, we can't shut it out of our hearts. We must forgive. It really is the foundation for such better things. And we need to be careful about who we open our doors to. It's okay to have boundaries okay to have boundaries. I hope that helps people. Thanks for listening to the Saddled Stallion podcast. That's it guys. Be strong, be humble, walk in purposeful manhood.